All right, so welcome to uh, Gems for the Generations, so you can hear me when I'm gone. If you're a first-time listener, this is a podcast where we explore the life journeys of various family figures and the stories they've experienced. All people go through life and they come away from certain experiences with gems of truth, nuggets of wisdom, certain bits of knowledge that they know for sure. It's our purpose on this show to capture, if we can, those gems of knowledge and wisdom so we can share them with future generations. As part of our respect to the privacy of the guests we have on our show, we will release two versions of the episode, a public version and a privacy honoring version, which can be provided to you, our listeners, by uh, emailing us. Um, Today, uh, we have as our guest, Jen Waite. We're excited to have her. Jen, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dal. Excited to be here. Absolutely. We're way stoked. So who are you? You are my cousin. And um, on my dad's side. So your mother. Is your dad's brother, sister. And yeah, <laughs> your mother and my, my dad are uh, siblings. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we've been cousins for a while now. Yes, we have. <laughs> it's been great. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, so, we wanted to have you on the show because we want you to, to share some stuff with us. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. This is good. Um, so, this is our first round of uh, the, the Boise interviews. You're our, you're our first one. Wow. That's awesome. I feel kind of so, special. I don't know. Anyway. Well, you should. You should. <laughs> um, what, uh, so tell us a little bit about yourself and then, um, where you're at right now and okay. then, uh, and then, yeah, yeah, let's go from there. Okay. Well, um, I'm 41. I have three daughters. Uh, we've lived in the Treasure Valley. We moved here after we'd been married a year. So we've lived here for a little over 19 years. And we started in Eagle, then moved to Star. And then we've been in Boise for about six years. And that's actually six years this month. And that's important to my story because um, when we moved here, it we moved into a house that was fairly old like built in the early 80s and it needed a ton of work so um the basement was ripped up because they had a flooding issue there and when you first moved in you mean it yeah was already ripped when we up. first oh, okay. moved in it had had we got it it was a um an auction house so it was in pretty rough shape um it's huge. It's 3,000, well, huge for us. So it's 3,000 square feet. So it's a lot. And, and all of it was in pretty rough, worn out, run down sort of shape. Um, but we were really excited when we moved in. Um, and we thought, well, we'll just fix it up real quick and it will, it will just be great. And, and that's not how it went. So, uh, it's been, you know, we've been here for six years and we're still working on it. So that's not really the way I wanted it to go. Um, 
And the renovation's been taking six years. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Not how I had envisioned when I moved in. And we've had a lot of um, challenges with our, just with our family since we moved here. So Matt and I kind of went through a rough patch the first couple of years. Um, Cameron, my oldest, was 12, 12 and a half when we moved in here. And uh, she's had a really rough go. It's been um, a bet. It was a better. One of the reasons we moved was because my middle one, Jetta, uh, was having a really hard time in the place that we were at, and so she really has thrived here. Um, but it was it was tough on Cameron. So um, school wise, you're talking about school, friends, personal life, like just the whole some, thing. just some hard stuff, which has been hard as parents on us, you know. So there's been a lot, it's been a lot of, uh, it's been kind of, it's felt really hard living here, um, on multiple levels. So anyhow, uh, this last year, we kind of did a big push, uh, in 2020 to, to make some real progress on the house renovations. And we had a few hiccups this fall, um, with that, that, that caused some extra stress and I was pretty upset about it. Um, and, and it's the house situation's been really hard on me. Uh, I've had a lot of struggles with being really envious of, um, friends and family with that have, uh, well, for, for lack of a better word, a finished house. Cause our house is still, you know, there's parts that are ripped up. Sheetrock rips out, uh, ripped out, flooring isn't put in, just, you know. And so that's that's been a challenge for me. And uh, I was really excited this fall I was going to have a brand new kitchen. And that's not how it went. Um, we're still not there, and it's probably going to be another six or eight months. And that was really, really disappointing for me this fall when that when that didn't happen. So yeah, that's just kind of a with. backstory for, for what is the real story to what happened here. So, yeah, yeah. definitely understand. I mean, renovating is one thing, but then living there while you're renovating, it adds, it, or it can add an, a, a layer of stress. There. Yeah. And I think we can all like sympathize with the envy part. You know, we've all got stuff that we look outside of us and, Oh yeah. And we see what other people have and we want that and and it's, you know, it's kind of one part of the human struggle if you yeah. So. Something that's seeming seemingly easily obtainable or or maybe not easily but just obtainable for a peer. Yes. Seems to be out of reach for me. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Totally understand so. that. Yep. Well, uh well what happened most recently here with the Yes. Project. Obviously, it's this push to get the kitchen yes. done. And then we're coming up on into the fall here of what, 2020. So we're in the middle of the pandemic. Right. So we were uh, Thanksgiving weekend. We spent uh, trying to get put the kitchen back into a functional place because we didn't have a kitchen for a couple of weeks. And it's pretty hard to go without. It's challenging to go without a kitchen sink and. And a dishwasher. I found out I was really attached to my dishwasher. Um, had a, had a pretty bad attitude about doing any kind of hand washing. 
it's like back to redmond days right gosh. i was like i am not doing that um anyways so so we were just trying to get the kitchen functional because it was apparent at that point that we were not it wasn't going to get finished the way that we we had anticipated so we needed to make it so we could use it right so that we could right. cook dinner functional. and stuff like that so right so we spent most of thanksgiving doing that um in conjunction with that, Jetta, my middle one, who is 16 right now, got really, really sick in November. Um, and it's been a really, it's been 2020s, um, was a hard year for her um, in a lot of ways. So she got really sick. Are we, are you initially suspecting this is coronavirus kind of stuff or? No, she, it was really early on. She got sick the beginning of November and it was really um, obvious to me that she had strep throat. That, that was what she presented with just like incredible throat pain. So, and every time she got sick with it, every time she had the intense pain, it was like on a weekend when we couldn't get a hold of our doctor to get the antibiotics and stuff. So it was like the first time she got sick, it was a Friday night. We went Saturday and Sunday managing pretty intense pain and had to wait till Monday to go or chose because you can do like we could have gone somewhere, but we chose to tough it out and wait till Monday to go see the doctor. So that first round, she was really sick. We got into the doctor. She got antibiotics almost immediately, like within 12 hours. She was back to normal Jetta, bouncing off the walls, totally good, running all over the place with her friends, feeling great. And um, it came back the Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. So Thanksgiving's Thursday. Yeah. So that's a long weekend because nobody works Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. So that's four days yeah. of really not feeling good um and i was trying to get a hold of the doctor on call and couldn't so i got kind of desperate and i ended up giving her antibiotics that we had like in our closet old 10 year old yeah, yeah. antibiotics which what took were, uh, how is jetta feeling like this i mean she's we're which, talking intense throat pain she's yeah. having trouble swallowing breathing that kind of thing or what's just mostly swallowing at that point really bad ear pain it was interesting it was like the pressure in her ears so her ears and throat hurt equally bad, if that makes any sense. And just really, really uncomfortable. Um, Debilitating or just kind of like, I don't want to go do anything, mom? Like, know, no, what's... like in bed, can't get up. Yeah. Um, pretty sick. And, um, but that was like nothing compared to how bad it got. So oh, it okay. was at that point, it was like, well, we're on ibuprofen and tylenol every three hours but we're not but, really concerned we're concerned but we're, but we're not we're, it's like yeah. inconvenient right so i'm like annoyed because i'm trying to work on my kitchen and i'm having to run upstairs every couple hours and like administer to my daughter who feels terrible right sure. who feels really sick so i gave her those antibiotics and she got better again but not didn't bounce back like she had the first time so fast forward um, a couple of weeks. So we're into December now. We're into December. And uh, she just starts getting really bad pain again. And um, 
we end up what what ended up happening so we ended up going that's right we ended up going to the er on a saturday night because her pain just got really bad and i so we went to the er and the er doctor at that point did a blood test and diagnosed her with mono actually and i had no idea that mono i thought that was just like a sleeping disease right you just sleep all the time right um but apparently and that's typically how it presents isn't it well, apparently throat pain's pretty common um, with it. And the frustrating thing is, is it's a virus. They can't really do much for you besides manage the pain and tell you to just like rest and like pass the time. Because it's like a, uh, I guess the throat pain part of mono only typically lasts a couple weeks um, at most. And then you're... You're, you can be really tired for like three months. The recovery on that is can be kind of long. So, so we're like, okay, that stinks, but whatever. Um, so we went home and we kind of mumbled through it for a few days. And then um, we ended up going to urgent care because the pain got bad, but they were not helpful at all. Um, we called her doctor. So this is where it gets bad. So Thursday morning, she woke up and was just like, I am dying. Like I, this pain is more than I can take. And so Thursday night, I took her to urgent care and I moved in with her at that point. I moved into her bedroom and was with her um, 24 hours a day after that. Um, and she, uh, I caught, we didn't get any sleep Thursday night, which for me, if you know me, sleep is like, that's the thing. Like I, it's very yeah. important to me to get sleep. So you got to function. You got to be able to function. Yeah. So I was kind of a wreck. Um, called the doctor, her primary care, and was like, "Hey, we gotta have drugs here, like good drugs. Antibiotics, I gotta something have something strong. Well, I gotta have a much stronger pain medication than Tylenol and ibuprofen. Like we're dying over here. We're not getting any sleep. She can't drink. She feels like she's." can't breathe now and so they were like okay and so they gave us some anyway so you're not sleeping and she's not sleeping and the body needs sleep, sleep yeah. to be able to like recover exactly so if you can't sleep it just makes it yeah okay I'm with yes you. so much worse so saturday morning day three of really bad pain second night of no sleep i took her into the er and and um was like, yeah, this pain is ridiculous. We got to get this under control. And and they gave her, the thing with the ER that I've learned, they, they make you comfortable, they make you functional, and then they say, goodbye, uh, go see your doctor on Monday. Yeah, <laughs> because it's so, no longer an emergency right. kind of condition. Okay, Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, while we were at the emergency room, Part of the problem was between the house remodel and Jetta being sick, I had not had any time to, like, set up our Christmas tree. It's December 12th at this point. Yeah, we're in the middle of December. Christmas yeah. is, what, a week and a half Christmas, away? Yeah, like and I haven't put up the tree. We haven't decorated at all. Um, and I shared with my sister Stacy. I said, I kind of want to punch anyone in the face that I see has a Christmas tree up in their house right now. That's how I'm feeling. So her and my sisters came over Saturday morning and um, put my tree up and um, and worked on my kitchen. Sorry, worked on my kitchen and 
decorated a little bit, and that was huge. Um, that's my love language, is service. So that was huge for me, and I really appreciated it. And and my mom came in and was like, I'm going to give you some respite because I really needed to get some sleep. Um, and so she came and helped. Anyways, we we suffered through Saturday and Saturday night, and then Sunday we got some relief. So Sunday, her pain, because um, even on the ibuprofen and Tylenol, her pain level was still at like a four or a five. But Sunday afternoon, it got down to like a one a couple of times, which was like, uh, was crazy. Very she still promising. was feeling terrible, but the pain was under control. So we were feeling kind of hopeful that things were going to start looking up. Well, um, Sunday night, again, hardly any sleep. And Monday morning, she woke up um, from a little bit of sleep and sat up in the bed and was like, gasping for breath and i was like okay um this isn't working and the problem was her lymph nodes and her tonsils were swollen too like just so swollen that that's and then she started getting this phlegm so between the phlegm and the swelling she felt like she couldn't breathe right and and the pain it was all just really overwhelming so back to the er we went and they put her on, gave her some morphine, which was really fun. Morphine, super fun. I have some really great video of her on morphine. It was hilarious. <laughs> and did a CT scan. And they're like, oh, yeah, there's nothing blocking her throat. She can breathe just fine. And we're like, only not. But so they said, hey, you've got an emergency appointment with an ENT. We're going to let you out of here. Good luck with the ENT. Um, and we... So this is a ear, nose, and throat doctor. Right. Right. Gotcha. And she, um, she went, the morphine wore off pretty quick, and then she was back to really intense pain. Um, and we went to the ENT, and she seriously, like, looks, she's struggling. It is not good. And the ENT is like, oh, well, if we can get her pain under control and she can sleep and and drink fluids that by Christmas day, she's going to be in great shape. And I'm looking at him like, you're nuts. You're crazy. Like, how can that even be? And I'm like, okay, great. I agree. Let's get the pain under control. How do you plan to do that? Because yeah, yeah if she can sleep and drink, I, yeah, I think she can get better, but she can't get better the way it's going. So he prescribed a liquid pain medication and assured us that if she could, uh, you know, that she would be able to swallow that and then we'd get the pain under control and blah, blah, blah. Well, so I'm assuming this is a stronger. Yeah, it's Tylenol with codeine. And so it's, okay. yeah, it's stronger. It's a prescription strength. They don't like to give it out because it could be addictive, which is why the struggle with trying to get people to give us a stronger dose is that stronger pain medications can, can be addicting. So right. you don't really want to give those out willy nilly. Um, so she, the problem was we got, the pain had gotten away from us. So the thing with pain management is that you got to stay on top of it. And if you get behind, catching up is a beast. Um, trying to get back to level is really challenging. Well, so we came home and 
tried for three hours to get her to to be able to swallow it. And it's liquid, like you would think. But every time she would try and swallow, and your your body naturally creates like saliva, right? So we actually swallow right. a lot unconsciously. Oh um, yeah, all the time. Yeah. All involuntary. The time. Involuntary. Yeah. yeah. So with Jetta, she couldn't even like every time that her spit would build up to where she would need to swallow, she just would like grab her head and you could like she was like trying to climb out of her body because the pain was so so bad bad and um and so she could not take this pain medication and it was brutal like watching her physically struggle with it yeah was like heart wrenching for me so we decided at that point um and my my mom her grandma and I were by her side that whole time. Um, and we decided it's, we're just going to go back to the ER again um, because they can do like an IV and do the medicine through an IV. So she doesn't have to swallow it. So we're just going to have to do that and get back on top of the pain. So my mom ended up actually take, I went in there and I said, Hey, I give my mom permission. I can't stay. I've had no sleep hardly for four days. I, I can't because <laughs> the ER doesn't care about the person that's not sick. You could sit there in the chair and die and they don't care because you're not sick. So I just needed to get some sleep. So anyway, they were there for four hours. They finally got a doctor that was like, just basically through the book of Jetta. They gave her all kinds of wonderful drugs and gave her like a suction thing to suction all the phlegm out of her throat. She spent two hours doing that. Um, and she came home and I was um, asleep at that point. And so my mom stayed with her that night and she slept for, for 12 hours. Um, and it just, and Dina, my sister was able to go to the pharmacy and get lots of good drugs and, and she was looking for like an over-the-counter pain medication that we could give her, keeping in mind that she couldn't swallow anything. Um, and she looked, and there was like this box of powder Tylenol that you just put on your tongue, and it just dissolves. So that was one of the miracles, because when she went to ring it up, it wasn't even in the, like, sorry. You're fine. They couldn't find it in their scan system. It was like it didn't exist in their store. On their inventory, yeah. Right. So we felt like the Lord just like put the box there on the shelf so that Dina could find it. And that was really helpful. Because um, the problem is by the time you're getting low on your, when it's, by the time you're, getting ready for your next dose of pain medicine, you're, you're starting to hurt. And so we were able to use that to like give her the pain medication because she could just, it just dissolved on her tongue. So that was one of the miracles. And um, anyway, honestly, it was crazy because from that time forward, she just, it took, she was, she was well by Christmas. She was able to sleep. We had the pain medication we needed. She was able to drink and eat, and so the nightmare was over. 
um, so to speak. But, and, but for a few days, I just had a lot of anxiety about that scene Monday afternoon happening again with the pain being out of control. And she had really intense, like, separation anxiety, so she didn't want me to leave her, like, at all. <laughs> she wanted me to just stay by her all the time. Um, and so, anyway... That was, it was crazy. It was crazy. It was a hard um, experience. So. What were, uh, in the middle of this, how, how are you feeling? I mean, you've moved in, you know, or not moved. I mean, obviously yeah, in the same house, yeah. but I mean, you moved into Jetta's room here. You're not sleeping, but it's like you're watching your daughter go through this excruciating thing. And, you know, even instances of, you know, we're worried about her even being able to, you know, basic stuff like breathing. Right. Right. Um, are you feeling, you know, guilty about, you know, not sleeping or it's like, well, I need to, I need to go take care of something. Right. What's going um, through your mind? And then your sisters come over I and mean, what's, yeah. How are you feeling through this? Well, so one of the things was that I felt guilty for any sleep that I got. Like, if she wasn't sleeping, then I felt like I shouldn't be sleeping because she's sick. She's got mono. You're supposed to sleep. Right. So, I'm kind of uh, struggling when I, whenever I get some sleep to not feel really just terrible about the fact that I'm sleeping and she's not. So, that was hard. Um, and at this point, by Monday, I'm feeling desperate um, for my daughter. Like, I just want her to be better, you know, for... Um, cause I just can't handle watching her go through this anymore. And I'm, I'm also, and so I'm, I'm feeling like, you know, she's had a couple blessings, everybody's praying, but it's like not, doesn't feel like it's helping. And I'm, I'm realizing that, you know, uh, houses being finished and nice, don't matter. Like if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. Right. So I'm, I'm getting an idea of what's important and what's not. And I'm sort of having this wrestle with the kind of with the Lord and myself where it's like, look, <laughs> I will give up everything. You just take everything. If you'll just heal my daughter and I'm having tons of guilt that this is my fault that she's going through this because I'm needing to learn a lesson to not be a spoiled brat and think that I need a, a nice house that that's totally not an important thing and that there's that like people you know are having way harder like having tons of compassion for and not understanding how parents of kids with, like, cancer and, you know, and, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, um, sorry. Perspective of... Like, just people that have chronic illness, right? And chronic pain. Like, I can't even imagine going through this with Jetta, like, long term. Does that make sense? I'm yeah. like, okay, we're done. I want her fixed. But that's, like, not an option for a lot of people. Like, right. you just get to be in pain all the time for a really long time. So, um, 
So I'm feeling like the Lord is trying to not necessarily punish me, but teach me something by punishing my daughter, basically, is, is sort of the thought pattern that my brain is going to. And, um, and feeling like totally responsible that Jenna is having to go through this. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that was one of the challenges that I was but having. Even, even through this, there's some uh, tender mercies right. that were manifest through this. I mean, the family rallied. I mean, yes. Yeah. Um, so my sisters showed up. Uh, people brought dinners. Why is this uh, so big for you? Why Why was Grammy showing up? Your mother. Right. Why was Dina and Stacy coming over with Christmas? Why? How did that? Well, part of it is that you know we've we've been through in we're like what month nine into COVID where isolation is a huge deal, right? Right. Um, and so that's that's taken a toll on me, feeling isolated from my family. Um, but also just, like I said, my love language is service. So people showing up to be there for me and do things for me really brought a lot of comfort, you know? And I felt, I felt a lot of love for and from them for doing that, if that Meeting makes any Meeting you sense. where you are. Right, right. And, and so that was, that was huge. And the tender mercy of, you know, when occasionally we would get a break from, from the pain, um, was good. But, uh, anyway, so at the end of this, one thing that, well, the major thing that happened was once we were over the terrible pain part. Um, Jetta and I, anybody that has a teenager will understand this, but as teenagers, they kind of start pulling away from you, you know, which is natural. And relationships kind of start being strained because you're, as a parent, you're like, hey, you need to follow these rules and do these things. And teenagers are like, uh, I don't, you know, they're trying to find their way. They're trying to figure it out. They're trying to decide what kind of person they want to be, what they believe, what's important to them. And and so that can put a strain on a relationship. And so um, one of the, the blessings that I got from this was uh, that it was a really bonding experience for Jenna and I. She felt like I was really there for her. Um, and this she, speaks to her love language. Right. Um and and she felt like we were a team, that we'd gone through this hard thing together. Um, and she, you know, she said several times that that I was her best friend, and which meant a lot to me because my mom is one of my best friends, and so that's the kind of relationship I want to have with my daughters. And and. Uh, and that we'd gone through this hard thing together and that we could do hard things together. And that was important to me. And so one of the things that I learned from this is that, um, you know, I wanted, I had thought that the Lord had done this to us and that I was being punished. Um, 
And what I realized was pain is just part of the human experience, you know? We're down here to learn about pain and happiness and love and and all the things. And part of being a human is feeling the negative emotions and stuff and going through hard things, right? The Lord's not like inflicting that on us, so to speak. Does that make sense? No, I'm with you. I'm with you. Yeah. So the Lord doesn't go around like tr- making bad things happen to us. It's just part of being a human on the planet. It's just going through those things. But he can take those things, those really hard experiences, and make them into something beautiful. Like, Jed and I couldn't have developed that, that kind of bond in our relationship without that hard thing, right? Um, and so I realized that the, it had, her getting sick, me being frustrated about the house was just part of our human experience. But he was able to take that human experience and create in me gratitude you know, perspective, um, a bond between Jetta and I, um, a, a, a bonding moment between my mom and I, between my mom and Jetta, between my siblings and I. Like, does that make sense? No, and so it was, um, that was cool. That was cool part of, of that um, really hard thing was being able to come out the other side and realize have have all that happen. So overall, how has this altered your perspective on on God? On on his your relationship with him, on your relationship with Jeddah and and how that relates to you know your situation your house right. the, where your life right now you you being in boise right well um i think i mean i've always like i uh, i've i've been uh really learning the last couple of years that like the things that we go through are really uh really for our good that we're learning lessons that we need to learn um and and that kind of takes some of the bitterness out of hard times does that make sense some of the um and so i think i think that's been important um for me to learn that that was, I and I think um, I think that that experience will probably be really valuable in the future. With uh, I I believe that Jed and I will need to have had that experience at some point later on down the road. Like that's going to be a a turning point. I mean, at this point now, we're back to, uh, you know, she's the teenager, I'm the mom, and there's a lot of nagging and, and uh, you know, not wanting to comply with all the rules and such. So, so we're kind of back on that, but I, I think that 
we've got that to fall back on, you know. So I don't know how that's going to play out in the future, but I think it's going to be something that was important. So um, this is something, uh, an experience, a preparatory type thing. Yes. Preparation yeah. for... For something. Something down the road. Yeah. So I think that's gonna, that is good. And I think just, um, you know, uh, as far as like my relationship with Heavenly Father and, and my Savior, just, um, they just, I think just strengthens my testimony that they, they love that they love me, that they know me, that and Jetta, and that they hear our prayers, and and that they, you know, they're the ultimate like our Father in Heaven's the ultimate. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like natural consequences kind of parenting, <laughs> you know? Like he lets on your us, own head be it. Yes, he lets us kind of fumble around here and and figure it out and suffer some of the natural consequences from our choices. And so, um, knowing that we're going to, like, learn from that, right? You know, there's the, the kid that doesn't wear want to wear his coat uh, to school because he's fine and then goes out to recess and freezes to death and figures out that, you know, yeah, uh, probably should wear my coat so I, I the lord lets us have those those kind of experiences but but also like um totally loves us through the whole thing you know like and he he works with us where we're at so it's yeah. like well i'm not ready to put my coat on okay well that's fine as soon as you are and and i'll, yeah. I'll help you put on that coat as soon as you're ready to to do that or yeah yeah, so I think a lot of perspective came from that. And a lot of, um, you know, when you're going through stuff like that, I think the adversary is going to really try and and bring you down and question question what you believe and, and make you question that the Lord knows you or cares about you or that he's there to help you. Um, but I definitely, I will say, so... Like we, we said earlier, sleep for me is like really top of the list. Uh, I gotta have it. And, and I've had concerns that when my daughters have babies and go into labor and, uh, my mom has helped deliver 23 of her 25 grandkids. And that's not easy. You know, you're up. No, most babies all. come in the middle of the night. So you're up all night trying to help this person deliver this baby and it's it's a lot of work and i've been concerned that when it's time for my girls to do that you know, that i won't be up for the challenge that i won't be able to do it that at one o'clock in the morning i'm going to be like well good luck <laughs> i gotta go to bed <laughs> so uh let me know. know how it goes yeah let me know how it goes <laughs> And, uh, you know, when their babies have been up crying all night and they need me to come and provide some respite, that I'll be like, you know, I just can't do that. Um, but now I know I can do it, Dal. I, yeah. the Lord totally strengthened me. He, um, he made me more than I, than I, than my natural body 
normally does, um, which he has done for me uh, several times in my life, you know. Um, I remember I was direct uh, camp director one year in my ward, and, and at the end of camp, I had people telling me, man, that was like the best camp I've ever been to. That was incredible. And, and I shared a testimony meeting that that wasn't me. Like the camp director that showed up and did that camp was, wasn't me. (laughs) Like the Lord amplifies us, you know, and. And that was totally the case with Jetta because normal Jen could not have done, could not have been there for my daughter like I needed to be. Um, and the way that you were, in fact. Yeah. There, yeah. And so I, you know, at, when you look back on that kind of stuff, you can see sometimes when you're in the middle of it, you don't feel like you're being strengthened, but... But looking back, it's like, yeah, wow, that that was not just me doing that. For me, a real turning point in my life, just my relationship with my daughter, um, re- kind of coming out of this pool of feeling sorry for myself, feeling a ton of self-pity, feeling tons of envy, feeling a lot of like, It's not fair that everybody else gets to live in nice houses and I don't get to. At this point, it's like... they've got kitchens and stuff. I mean... Yeah, I know. Rude, right? How dare they? Um, (laughs) But it's like, yeah, well, so I, you know, I now have a functioning sink. So um, it'll work out. It'll happen. And it's been good. It it also allowed me to... uh, I spent a lot of 2020 pushing, pushing and making stuff happen. Yeah. I, I got really kind of almost angry about it where it was like, I don't care who, what it takes and or who I run over or who, what other people think I'm doing this. It's happening. And in some situations, I think that's good. You know, we want to we want to yeah. uh, go for our goals and things like that. But what ended up happening as a result of that is that um, there were some mistakes that were made. Uh, we had some we hired people that we wish we hadn't to, <laughs> to help with the work. Um, Matt and I kind of uh, didn't communicate very well. Um, about some things, um, I, money got wasted, um, quote unquote wasted. Uh, I, I wasn't allowing the, I wasn't like really bringing the Lord in on this, these decisions. I was just cramming through. And once I slowed it all down and took a step back, which is what Jetta's experience, our experience with Jetta allowed me to do, slow it down, take a step back and look, it was like, oh, (laughs) like Matt and I were like, oh, well, we didn't even want to do it this way. And so just we were able to have some good conversations about things. And and so that was good. That needed to happen. That was um, 
for Matt and I's relationship. And just, just, uh, sometimes when you're ramming through like a rhinoceros, it's not really that effective. It doesn't, doesn't really go how you want it to necessarily. It seems like the priority as you're bulldozing forward, the priority can shift on you suddenly. Well, it's like, well, we're pushing to get X, Y, and Z done. So, you know, what is really important can fall by the wayside pretty quickly. Yeah. Like relationships, you know, relationships. Sure. Absolutely. And that kind of thing. And you're, um, I think your spiritual, like during all this, I mean, we were doing construction on Sunday all day long. And because there's no in-person church, uh, we, we were just not doing church, uh, fair amount of the time or if we did it it was nine o'clock at night throw on a dress and let's have the sacrament real quick so so our um you know work yeah our focus from from well our spiritual practices were just thrown out the window entirely you know it was like we don't have time to for church or reading our scriptures it's all about heads down butts up but like you know gotta get this project done we're making this happen and and it just went on for too long you know it was like that for for uh well really about three months of just really intense stuff and not like we didn't ever do anything else but it it just was out of balance pretty bad you know so so yeah. I, I feel like that experience with Jetta kind of brought me back into like, oh, okay, let's get sort of, you know, and then it's helped. It's the new year. You know, you get, get resolutions little, and yeah. whatnot. <laughs> A newer, fresher perspective. <laughs> yeah. At what point do you think some of these res, uh, realizations, actually, I should say, realizations was that kind of a gradual thing through this process or through this experience with Jetta, or did you kind of start to really dawn on you as, as she got better as she was on the mend or how, how was that? How did that take place? How did that grow? Um, I think just, it happened really quickly. It was kind of like her getting better. It was kind of, um, I think that was prayer. Yeah. One of the hard parts or one of the interesting parts was it it felt like it was mashed into like a 72 hour period. Right. So that's kind of intense. It was a very, um, very intense sort of thing. But I think that's, I think that's a lot. Like, I think that happens fairly often to us, you know, in life we get, we have these kind of intense short experiences that really teach us a lot in in a short amount of time does that make sense i don't know yeah no i i'm just thinking of the the analogy of you know how we make steel right you know there's a lot of pressure and there's a lot of heat and it's in a very short amount of time and suddenly this product comes out and it's fantastic right and in this very narrow window you know we've got a lot of pressure a lot of in, uh, intensity, a lot of heat. You know, I mean, your daughter's struggling here. I mean, candidly, this is this is life and death stuff here we're dealing with. Breathing, right. basic functions. Right. So suddenly, we the mo- the most important things come to the surface. Right. 
And I think, too, uh, you know, like we, we talked about my, my siblings coming and my mom and, and then Jetta knowing that I was feeling that I was really there for her. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's important to when we're, when we're helping people to, um, be aware of, of, um, how they try and be aware of how they perceive love, like, and how, what, how, what, um, what being there for them means to them. Does that make sense? Yeah, so I think so. That's, um, another thing that I've been learning is like, what does, what does love look like for other people? What does love look like for us? How do we want to show up? What kind of, what kind of mom do I want to be? What kind of wife do I want to be? And, and I, I do, I am proud of the way that I showed up for Jetta. I'm, I'm glad that I, I'm glad that I did what I did, you know? Um, but it's, it has to be different kind of for, for everybody. But for me, that family connection, that connecting with people on that level is super important. Um, I, I want to feel like I, that I've connected with my, with my family members in a meaningful way. So does that make sense? It sounds like they've, they purposely went out of their way to connect with you on a very meaningful way. Um, knowing, well, I mean, obviously things need to be done. Right. And uh, the Smith clan definitely knows how to do things, <laughs> how to, how to get things done from my experience. But I mean, it speaks to you personally. I mean, you're, your love language, one of them, and probably your primary is, is acts of service. And your sisters and your mother and, you know, your, some of your in-laws, I mean, they, they came and met you right where you were and hit you exactly how you perceive love. Right. And that was, that was helpful because at that point, I mean, that was also a strengthening, a strengthening thing. Um, but it's, I mean, it was funny cause Stacy, I said, you know, how did you know what to do when you came over? And she said, well, you told me when you told me that you wanted to punch people in the face that had a Christmas tree, I knew that's what we needed to do was put up your Christmas tree. <laughs> like, so I, it's important to communicate with people. Yeah. But yeah, my family knows, uh, they know me. So at this I point that, i think that speaks <laughs> tremendously to stacy i mean she she perceives things differently yeah i mean if, if you were to have told me that i would just been like oh yeah she's just venting i totally understand the this the uh, sentiment yeah. but stacy didn't interpret it that way at all yeah i think that's she looked at it and and found ways to help and yeah. what you were really crying out for I yeah think that's that's tremendous it sounds like connections were strengthened all around not just i mean primarily obviously yourself and and jetta but also your sisters yeah and grammy yeah and well and even you know uh my like whitney brought in dinner one night and rachel and john actually provided thanksgiving dinner for us and christmas eve dinner for us like 
everybody pitched in everybody helped everybody showed up in their different ways and i felt really supported by by everyone um my you know even uh dean ben came over and was was helping the night jetta was uh monday night um ben and the kids came over with dina to help with i mean dina was here i guess till like 11 o'clock or something and and dina took sienna for the day monday i mean monday was a, a pretty intense day and everybody came together and really showed up you know and so um so that's i don't know to me that's that's what family's about and after you know uh 20 some odd years of being an adult and and it's just been, you know, as we've grown together as an extended family, it's just been inter interesting. I think we, um, yeah, we, we're really no, anyway, I'm grateful that at least I feel like everybody really knows how to sucker me, if that, you know, how to, how to be there for me. So, yeah, I, I appreciate that. I hope that that I do the same for them, you know, but I do love that part about all everybody living, you know, here in the valley is that yeah. well, most of us my Heather's over in Idaho Falls, but it's it's nice to be able to be there physically for each other, you know. So They're available. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, um, well, I appreciate you sharing this with us. Absolutely. Yeah. We're uh, we're almost out of time, but I wanted to give you a few more minutes. What would maybe share some parting thoughts, or what you would what you'd like to share, maybe to you know a future a future yeah. Jetta even, or maybe just you know a a future cousin down there down yeah. the road here, and and what they should take from this or what you took from it what would be what are your um, thoughts there i just i think i think i would say you know it's it's a i would encourage them if they're going through a certain a, a similar situation to to try and keep perspective on both what is important and also that things are always changing you know um that sort of intense time felt like it was going to go on forever you know that it, it, in some moments i was like how this feels like it's not getting resolved and so now i'm on the other side of it and it was like oh that wasn't even that long long of a time here we are on the other side and and it all worked out and it's okay um what i've learned in my life is that change is a constant so if you if you're in a situation that feels uh really terrible the chances are good that it's gonna shift um and change so so that's one thing um and to keep gratitude really like that's super important president nelson challenged us our prophet at the time challenged us in november to to have gratitude every day and share it on social media and and that was really interesting experience for me even before this thing with Jetta because every day 
as I went about my day, I w- was trying to decide which what I wanted to share on social media, which made me more aware of all of the things that I'm grateful for. Does that make sense? So yeah, I would just, that's my kind of my theme for the year. I think that that, that is gratitude really lends to us being a lot happier, a lot more satisfied, a lot in our lives and in our relationships. Um, also to like ask for help. I mean, if I had not shared with my family what was going on, they wouldn't have known to How come and help know? me. Exactly. Yeah, they wouldn't have known. So I think it's, I mean, everybody has their own way of doing things and whatever, but reach out. Like it's, people can't read your mind. They they can't, um, and I think we all naturally want to help people. Like that comes naturally to us. Um, and so there's no reason to go through things alone. There's no point to that unless that's really just what you want to do. But um, but yeah, reach out. And, and I hope that that our, our future, gener- our posterity shows up for each other. I hope we're there for each other. I hope we... I hope our our tradition of of rallying as a family is continues to be a thing. Um, so, because I yeah. Anyway, you got to find your tribe, I guess. If it's not, hopefully you got some good friends. But, um, but I mean, I think it's important to reach out and let people know what's happening so they can help you. Um, it's a hallmark. Yeah, and and you're gonna have those dark moments when you feel like that maybe the Lord's not answering your prayers, that he's not there, that you're not getting what what you want isn't happening. Um, maybe even that you're not being strengthened. But uh, just hang in there because a lot of perspective comes from, from coming out the other side of it. Um, and I leaned on on my sisters uh, for, you know, Stacy, like Stacy... And I had, and um, and my mom and I had some conversations about my concerns with that I had brought this terrible thing upon myself and my daughter, and and their um, testimonies were, and their perspective on on the Savior and Heavenly Father were really helpful for me getting getting through that piece as well. So, um, yeah. How do you? find peace maybe on a, on a daily basis or a weekly basis or you know whatever other kind of how do you I mean there's a lot going on obviously 2020 was pretty as you as you talked about but how do you how have you found peace to any well, kind of extent my my primary spiritual language is music honestly so I try and uh really listen to uplifting music as much as possible. I um, I get a lot of spiritual strength from that. Um, and and I'm, I'm finding now that I'm putting my spiritual uh, practices in a little bit higher priority. I mean, it's been interesting. I've I've had a hard time with the habit of praying, you know? It's just tough to... I 
part of it, I think, is that I kind of am an independent person. So I'm like, I got this. I can do this on my own. I don't. I don't need your help. Uh, I also want to do what I want to do. So I don't really want your input because you might tell me. Otherwise. Speaking to the fa- to Heavenly Father, you might tell me to do something that I'm not really interested in doing. Um, right. But it's been interesting as I've increased my personal prayer the last couple of weeks um, and gone into the prayer with sort of like, what's my day looking like? What am I doing today? And have prayed specifically for him to help me with specific things in my day that it's it's been i've definitely felt like he's been doing that that he's helped things go more smoothly that he's um that he's uh given me strength or or helped provide resources for things to go well and so um yeah i think that that gives me that gives me peace and um writing down i i took the time to write like type out uh the experience that happened with jed and i and send it to you dallin and it it's i think that was really helpful so i i'm not like a huge journaler but um i do keep a gratitude journal at that i i get a lot of um i've gotten a lot of good out of that i it's it's a book that i just write a line in every year and i don't do it perfectly on any kind of level but it's been fun and really helpful to me to look back at on february 28th in 2014 this is what i was grateful for that day i mean i that's i would encourage everybody to do that um not just to keep it but to read it to read it. it And it's been nice to have it be, it's simple, it's not long, and it's all right there. I know I told my brother John about it once, and he was like, oh, so you could get like a spiral notebook, right? And write the date, February 28th, at the top of the page, and then you'd have several years worth that you could look at back 10 years ago in on February 28th. This is what I was grateful for. Um super valuable i think um so but yes i journaling out my this specific experience with um with jetta i'm glad i have a a record um, of it a record of it yeah so absolutely well i appreciate you sharing with us yeah we uh we are out of time yeah i uh this has been really really great um think this has been obviously a pleasure to chat with you because we haven't done that a lot but also your insights here and, yeah. and your experiences um it, this is inspiring um, well, and i appreciate the opportunity you guys this is just such a cool idea and i can't wait to like listen to everybody's thing like i think this is just going to be so awesome um yeah we just want to thank thank you jen for taking the time um if any of our listeners uh would like to receive a copy of the privacy honoring version uh when that's um when that's completed um just please feel free to send us a request uh an email request um if you think 
uh, to our listeners, if you you have a suggestion for uh, a possible guest on the show, please please let us know. Um, everybody, stay safe out there, and we'll see you next time on uh, so you can hear me when I'm gone. Jen, thanks again. Thank you. Uh,